In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. I remember seeing a poster of a college fellow uh, on spring break probably on a beach, sprawled out on a lawn chair, hamburger in one hand, a beer in the other, sunglasses, uh, chilling out, and uh, the t-shirt, his t-shirt said it all, no pain, no pain. Well, we know that's, that's not the motto for a Christian. We want to gain heaven, and, and for that we'll need to carry the cross. Jesus, you said, if you wish to be my disciple, you must deny yourself and pick up the cross every day and follow me. And in other ways, Lord, you reminded us of the need to, to live mortification, to embrace the cross and to follow you, and, and, and to uh, thrive in that way as well. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. We, Lord, we will hopefully be willing to be that grain of wheat that falls into the ground, and dies. And Lord, help us to see what that means in my, in my life, in my personal life. Where do I need to die to myself? Mortification, St. Josemaria said that, that mortification should be, he called it an always norm. That at any moment of the day, we should be able to ask ourselves, now, what am I doing right now to mortify myself, to, to, to be that grain of weed, to, to pick up the cross and, and follow Jesus in that way? And it often will be just little things. Well, the duty of the moment, for one, that's a great area for mortification, for denying ourself, our self-will, the duty of the moment. What, oftentimes we can hopefully say, yes, Lord, with your help, I am living that always norm of mortification because I'm trying to fulfill right now what, it, what I should be doing. This, this work that I have to do or this, this trip I'm, I'm making, um, this pausing and taking a time of prayer or spiritual reading, there's a, there's a bit of sacrifice in that. You know, the, the body might be rebelling. So, no, I don't want to pause and pray right now. I don't want to do any reading right now. I just want to... I want to be like that guy on the beach with the, in the lawn chair. No pain, no pain. I want a beer and a hamburger right now. Well, if it's not the time for that, we, Lord, help us to, to live that, that, that little mortification in that duty of the moment, in that self-denial. And in his book, The Way, in the chapter of mortification, his, his, he has this point, perhaps we've considered it frequently, very practical, little things. The appropriate word you left unsaid. The joke you didn't tell. The cheerful smile for those who bother you. 
That's silence when you're unjustly accused. Your kind conversation with people you find boring and tactless. The daily effort to overlook one irritating detail or another in those who live with you. This, with perseverance, is indeed solid interior mortification. Everyday things that, that can be very difficult. The cheerful smile for those who bother you. Sometimes a smile might be the toughest mortification to live. That we want to live the life of Christ. To have the same mind as Christ Jesus. Who, who loved us so much that he came to this earth and, and, and suffered gravely in his passion and overcame death. He opened the gates of heaven for us. He rose from the dead. The cross was part of it. As the saying goes, to get to Easter Sunday, we have to go through Good Friday. The love of God. The love of God. Someone commented on that, that film, The Passion of the Christ, which we quite obviously is very graphically de depicted, something that Jesus went through. And some people don't like it, and that's fine. No one's obliged to like a film. It's just too much. Okay, well, respect the opinions of people. Someone also said, a young woman actually, who even calls herself a, a girly girl. She, she, I mean, she's a, a, a young lawyer and you know, very smart and talented, hardworking, but she's not uh, yeah, exactly given to things like the, <laughs> the passion of the Christ as far as uh, you know, the, the, what's depicted there. But she said, oh, the passion of the Christ. I love that. I love that movie. It's a love story. That's the way to look at the cross and, and the suffering that Jesus went through for us. It's a love story. And in that film, our Lord falls and Our Lady goes to him and you, just see, you see, of course, the, 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 his face is all bloody and his, his body's been whipped. It's, wow, this is, there's that, that hope that Jesus... Now, of course, this is the poetic uh, you know, what do you call it, liberty of the, of the director, but he has Jesus saying there to Mary, Behold, I make all things new. Now, of course, that comes from that's an apocalypse, those words of Scripture. But it is nice to consider Jesus living that at that moment, that terrible moment of, the, of his suffering, of his passion, and he, there's an optimism there amidst all that. It's not just all, it's not all darkness and, 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 and whipping. And it's just, behold, I make all things new. There's, and he gets up and he keeps carrying the cross. He wants to get, well, to Easter Sunday. He knows he'll go to Calvary and be crucified, of course. But he... he he wants us to be saved. God wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And he has explicitly told us to follow him, to pick up a cross and follow him. 
some cases that well, it would be literal. Usually not, of course. Our, our, probably our mortifications, our crosses, will be in the everyday things that, that this point in the way suggests. But sometimes it will be a very heavy cross, or, or, or a literal cross. Tomorrow, well, it's Sunday, so we celebrate the fifth Sunday of ordinary time in the liturgy, but it's February 6th, the feast day of St. Paul Mickey and companions, those the saints of Japan who suffered gravely, including crucifixion, for the love of God, for, for fidelity to God, their, their fortitude to remain true to the faith. Wow. Well, let's do our part. I mean, if, if we see the saints throughout history who have remained faithful, and there was St. John the Baptist was in the gospel recently, today St. Agatha, I mean, it's just the list goes on and on. People remaining faithful to Christ and bearing the suffering, bearing the cross that, that came with it. And so, Lord, help us. Help us to live our white martyrdom. If it, it comes to the point where we shed our blood, Lord, give us courage. Help us to remain faithful. But probably for now, we have to live this white martyrdom, which we don't shed our blood. But we have to die. We have to be a witness to the love of God with our self-sacrifice, with our self-denial, with those little mortifications, especially those that help other people. Again, like these, these points here, the cheerful smile for someone who bothers you, the, the, uh, your kind conversation with people you find boring and tactless, the daily effort to overlook one irritating detail or another. Those who live with you, that, that's it's, it's, it's mortification and it's charity. The, the St. Josemaria ends this point. Saying, this with perseverance is indeed solid interior mortification. I think you could also say this with perseverance is indeed charity. Those little sacrifices we make, we can, we can help a lot of people. We can show Christ to people through those actions. In the diary of Anne Frank, she expresses a certain disappointment in herself because she hasn't, she doesn't feel that she's really, she, when she was helping that that boy, there was another family that they were in hiding with, and I think the fellow was a couple of years younger than her, and they get the sense that he might have gotten on her nerves a bit, and at a certain point she sort of she apologized. And he said, no, Anne, you, you, you helped me a lot. He, he wasn't even aware that, that she might have had a little bit of something, some negative attitude. She did. She, he said, you helped me a lot. With your cheerfulness, you helped me a lot. Because clearly something was going on there in, in the way of Anne Frank living to get out of herself and, and help another person just with her attitude. And we can try to do that too. And we, with, well, with God's grace, we can. And perhaps looking to Jesus, contemplating his um, suffering for us. It's good to have a little crucifix, perhaps. You know, St. Josemaria suggested having a, carrying a crucifix in your pocket. Hold on to it once in a while. Or have it there on your desk when you're working. And when you might want to give up, 
get, allow a distraction to come in, or, or not give it your best. Well, look at that crucifix. Maybe that will spur us on to, to do the, the job well, as, as well as we can, for love. And also, help us to avoid sin. Jesus died for our sins. When we look at the crucifix, maybe that'll help us help to make reparation, make an act of contrition, maybe offer up some sacrifice, because Jesus died for me on the cross. Another one of those comments after the film, uh, a Protestant pastor said, after seeing the Passion of the Christ, I never want to sin again. That's a very good desire. I never want to sin again. Seeing what Jesus did for me. Now, the just man sins seven times a day. We read in Scripture. So let's not, let's not despair if we do see that we sin. But at least let's make the effort yeah, to, to do God's will. Indeed, to flee from from sin. That that will take a certain embracing of the cross, self denial. That that's part and parcel of the of the Christian life. Again, the, the, those words of Saint Josemaria in, in his book, The Way of the Cross. For us to reach God, Christ is the way, but Christ is on the cross. And to climb up to the cross, we must have our hearts free, not tied to earthly things. Our mortification, our detachment, our self-denial. All, all part of this, this mission, part of this mission that the Lord calls us to. To have the same mind as Christ Jesus. Words that apparently St. Josemaria used a lot in his preaching. He did a tally of, of his scripture quotes, and that was up near the top, if not at the top, of amidst all of his writings, his homilies and whatnot, from uh, Philippians. And, um, and if those words are followed up with um, other words that we perhaps have considered a lot in our prayer, we sort of hear them during Holy Week, have this mind among yourselves, which was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Jesus, in his, his freedom, his human freedom, embraced the cross. We, we see him there in the garden. He, he did not want to, in his, in his human will, of course, Jesus Christ, hypostatic union, as a, a divine will and a human will, one person, but two wills. Okay? And the human will was saying, Father, if you will, let this cup pass over me. He, he, he saw what was coming his way. He sweated blood. 
but not my will, but your will be done. That's the way. That, and that's what he lived, as St. Paul points out here to the Philippians, being obedient, obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. He deserves our praise. He deserves our worship. He died for us, and, and he is true God. How good Jesus is. Well, let's just try to imitate him and that adherence to the will of the Father. That he, Jesus says in his preaching, my, my food is to do the will of the one who sent me. Do I thrive on the will of God? Do I really seek it out? Or do I run from it? It can be daunting or, or, or impinge upon my comfort, <laughs> impinge upon my lawn chair on the beach, uh, and I, I don't want it. Well, Lord, help me to embrace it. And help me be honest. I, little, uh, I got a tweet or whatever from a, from a bishop in, in the Midwest, Bishop Don Hying, is a very insight. I think a very insightful commentary here that can make us uh, make us ponder a bit and examine our conscience. He, he says, "Praying to know and do God's will always looks different than simply asking the Lord to bless my prearranged plans." <laughs> we want to be affirmed by God with what we already have decided to do. No, let's really pray. To pray, to, to know, and to do God's will. And we see that in the lives of the saints. We see that in people who try to live their vocation to the full. Married people, living apostolic celibacy, you know, priests and nuns, religious. It's, it's, it's beautiful to see the effort that they really put into living their vocation, to really listening to the, the the voice of God, the will of God, trying to decipher that, and and then to live it out. You know, Saint Jose in his humility, he we heard it in the the uh, the, the reading during the, the meals that we have. He he, he claimed that he was a, a coward more or less in, in following the will of God, and he started Opus Day. He gave him his whole life to to God through, through following that path that God had shown him. And, but he was still very humble and, and said he was like an inept instrument. Well, that's not the case. We see the life of a saint in St. Josemaria. And he did listen to the will of God. He did see those footprints in the snow when he was a young fellow, what, 16, 17, and, and it struck him, those footprints of a Discalced Carmelite at a sacrifice, at a mortification, not wearing shoes, even when it snowed. And, and Jose Maria, the young fellow, saw those footprints in the snow, and something touched him in his heart. If this man is doing this for God, and what am I doing? 
And, and he, he really changed. It wasn't just a nice thought. He, 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 well, he, he took his, his spiritual life very seriously. He got a spiritual director. He would start to pray more, get to Mass. I mean, he really, okay, I've got to make myself available for, for the will of God. And I, he didn't know what it was at that moment. He would, for, for some years, ask, Lord, that I may see. Uh, of course, on October 2nd, 1928, that's when he saw what God was asking of him. But there he was, living his life the best he could to be prepared for what God would ask of him, including becoming a priest, which he had no real natural inclination to do. But he, but this, he just had a, a sense that, that that would make, make it um, easier, possible for God to, to do what he would have him do. And so let's really pray to know and do God's will. That's a great way to try to live the cross, to live out the, the commandment of our Lord. Not complaining. That's a great way. That's a wonderful mortification. How easy it is to complain or to, to, to point out the faults of others, to, to sort of quit a bit, perhaps. <laughs> no, we live this life of, of, of Christ, and, and um, many can can benefit from our from our correspondence. In February of 1956, Karl Wojtyla was invited to speak to novices at a convent near a small town here in Poland. He planned to arrive by train from Krakow at 6.30 p.m. And the sister sent a horse carriage to meet him. The carriage returned empty at 11 p.m. The severe cold had delayed all the trains. As it turned out, the priest was marching for several miles at 2 a.m. In, in the bitter cold. Reaching the convent gate, he found it locked. For half an hour, he walked around the convent building, trying one door after another. Well, those nuns had those convents locked up very well, so there's a very slight chance that that was going to be the case. Finally, a nun heard him, and they were able to let him into the rectory. The mother superior later wrote, Fortunately, our nice guest was not upset, and all went very well. <laughs> oh, hey, where was that horse and carriage? They've been walking in the cold. No, just, he's, I, I, I suppose he just offered it up. I, I, he, Encountered Christ in that cold and that that delayed journey there, the, the the hike through the you know to, to the convent. No no complaining. We don't get a sense there was any complaining. And we too, as life goes along, yes, things will happen. We'll get stuck out in the cold a bit, or maybe fall down into the cold. Saint Josemaria is a young priest in Madrid. He was going to. Uh, a school on the outskirts of Madrid, now it's part of Madrid, an area called Tetuan. And he with another young priest, priest friend, they're going to go there to 
helped set up the catechesis, the classes for the, I think it was a girls' school. But there was a big snowfall that morning, not, not common in Madrid. So that later the nuns there would comment, well, we just you know, thought that the, these two, the priests wouldn't make it for the meeting or at the reschedule, but looking out over the, you know, out the window, they saw these two figures crest over this hill. And there they are, there's the priests. They come through the snow to, to attend this meeting. And no sooner had they seen them that they both slipped on the, on the snow and went tumbling down, sliding down this hill. And uh, one of the nuns commented in her testimony about, you know, later, about, about Father Jose Maria, that... Uh, they just got up and she, they just got up and were laughing, you know, dusted out the snow off of their, you know, their coats or their cassocks, and kept walking. And that impressed her. She remembered that years later, how the, you know, sort of laughed at himself. It, it probably was a bit of a hassle, falling down in the snow, maybe getting all wet and cold. And you know, he just gets up and laughs it off. There's a spirit of mortification in that too, because. Uh, and not to dramatize it too much, but that is, is a, a bit of a pain. And uh, it, is a, it is an opportunity to find Christ in those things, those things that go wrong. And, and find Christ and not simply complain, and not complain at all. That's, I, th I think that's a way to you know, follow our Lord's words, pick up the cross and follow me. I think that's a way to live the always norm of mortification. And that's a good way to seek the will of God and not just to confirm our own will and what we want to do. In Graham Greene's The Power and the Glory is the story of a priest on the run in Mexico during years of persecution, 1920s, and um, yeah, he's, he's trying to be a good priest. To me, has his faults. He even uh, foregoes an opportunity to escape to a safer place because someone called, knowing he's a priest, the Catholics in the area. Anyway, hey, someone needed the last rites, so he went. He he didn't get on that boat and. and went to give last rites to a person who was dying. So he was trying to be a good priest, but he had his flaws also. Anyway, he, he does get captured. And the author describes his feelings uh, as he's basically awaiting his possible execution. He felt only an immense disappointment because he had to go to God empty-handed with nothing done at all. It seemed to him at that moment that it would have been quite easy to have been a saint. It would have only needed a little self-restraint and a little courage. He felt like someone who had missed happiness by seconds at an appointed place. He knew now that at the end there was only one thing that counted, to be a saint. Well, let's not wait till it's too late. 
won't give away what happens to him after, after those thoughts, but uh, let's, Lord, give me a little more self-restraint. Give me a little more courage. A little more self-denial. In so many ways, and you know, food and drink and use of social media and uh, drifting off into la-la land, my, my distractions. Yes, Lord, give me a little restraint, a lot of restraint. Give me courage. Help me to pick up the cross. Help me to really seek out your will in, in the situations throughout the day. And that's, that's what it is to be a saint. <laughs> and at the end, that's all that matters. That's all that counts, is to be a saint. Let us ask our Blessed Mother and St. Joseph, they who suffered, they, 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 they lived their way of following God's will, including the cross. Mary at the foot of the cross. She suffers in her heart all that Jesus suffers in his flesh. But there she is with, with trust and faith in God. Because again, she, she knows this is, it doesn't end there at Good Friday. We, we're going to keep going to Easter Sunday. And as St. John Paul II liked to say, we, we are an Easter people. And our song is Alleluia. So indeed, let's, with our sanctified life, our mortified life, our joyful life, let's, let's praise God. Let's really be an Easter person and sing with our whole life, always, that, that joyful song of, of Alleluia. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father, Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.